Let me bang you, I do let you bang Let me bang you, I let you bang I let you bang Greetings, Marys and Virgins. Go for Jesus! No for Jesus, people! Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me. I just got off a cruise ship, so I was like... The Wi-Fi was like the worst, so that's why we're coming in Wednesday a little late. Uh, Greg Wilson booked a TV show, so he's doing that. Um, Don Fry, I don't know where he—he he doesn't know where he is. Uh, but um, and McCorkle is figuring out his uh, his stuff. So, but uh, I got Tall Steve with us. Um, no co-host, but that's okay because that's all I need is Tall Steve. McCorkle might be joining us. Um, Tall Steve's coming off a huge Bellator draw which was the craziest fight you're always in a wild fight it's never just like a regular fight um a couple times but this one was insane because the first round i you know he took you down right mm. first round it kind of laid on you didn't do much damage the second round you beat the living shit out of this guy it might have been like a 10-4 round uh, like if there was ever a 10-7 round this could be it and the third round, he took you down again. Uh, so it was a draw. How how do you feel about the fight? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I feel like I could have performed a little bit better. I feel like, um, you know, I came away with a lot that I knew I could improve on. Um, but, you know, I, I gave a good effort. Um, I didn't get knocked the fuck out or hurt, which is always nice. Um, yeah. I fought a really tough guy and did it really well. And... Uh, you know, overall, just I mean, I'm really grateful that like I'm really grateful that everything panned out the way that it did, and I because it could have been much worse. You know. Now, do you think they should have stopped it the second? Um, I don't know. It's it's tough for me to speculate on because like, um, it's tough to it's tough to like. Of course, I think they should have stopped it, but then again, he came out he came out won the third round. It's not like he was. It's not like he was. You know, like. He wasn't about to get carried out on a stretcher or anything. Um, and I, I don't know. I talked to Herb Dean about it. I asked him what he would have liked to see, and you know, I, I kind of got some insight on it. And not even trying to be an asshole, I just, I just wanted to know like what what his criteria would have been. What he what what would have you know really pushed it over the edge to get the stoppage. But um, I don't know. It's it's like one of those things. Well, he was t- he would have he said on his end on my opponent's end he said that um. He could still see the will to compete. He could still see that he was lucid and 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 uh, coherent. When he said on my end, he would have liked to see a little bit more decisive fight ending action. And um, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I, I it's I feel like it would be unsportsmanlike for me to to say whether or not they should have stopped it. You know, whatever. Complain about it. You know, it's it's done. It's over. It happened. Were you um Were you worried about? Because it looked like. You were punching them like really hard, but you, not that you were pulling your punches. But were you worried about about gassing yourself? No, I was worried about um, overextending myself. I was worried that if I if if I came off my base when I punched, he would like fuck out. I, uh, 
like what 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 made that position so so dangerous was that he couldn't get out. So um, no, it wasn't it wasn't that I was punching. I was trying to stay balanced, and then like somebody, my coach from uh, my coach from back home came out to California to watch it, and he was like, "Yeah, but it looked like you were same things. It looked like you weren't punching him as hard as you could." And I was like, "I don't know, man. I, I think I was punching him pretty hard." But I went back and watched the fight, and I was like, "It looked like I was kind of like like knuckling him a little bit." So. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it looked like almost it looked like no one on one hand it looked like maybe you were trying to be nice. The other hand, and I thought maybe he's just doing this because he doesn't want to gas himself. But now it makes sense if you overextend yourself. He, he, yeah, it's, they um you, you see yeah. when guys even on the feet guys punch and they kind of like fall over their hips or they don't have their feet with them correctly. You could do the same thing from the mount, and I feel like um I feel like in practice I've done that a, a handful of times. I've overextended one way or the other, trying to go for something fight ending and, and gave something up. And like I said, I feel like what what made that position so dominant, and I don't, I think, um, I think my opponent would corroborate is that I was just so heavy and like, you know, oppressive on top that uh, the punches were were just kind of secondary. So I don't. And then having said that, now it's like, well, damn, maybe maybe Herb Dean made the right call. Who knows? It was crazy. Also crazy how you, now he was an Olympic wrestler, right? Uh huh. That you I, tra- I trained with him a what? You took down an Olympic wrestler and held him down. That's what I was saying. I was Five like, minutes. yeah. Well, he um, he trained with us a long time ago. And, um, I mean, I knew how good he was, how athletic he was. Obviously, like, an elite-level athlete. Um, but And I kind of came into the fight thinking, like, you know, I, I really wonder, like, I've always been pretty confident in my wrestling. But I, re- I came into this fight thinking, like, maybe I could really test myself and do it. And, you know, I, I came away from this fight thinking, like, obviously, I – I showed myself that I can. So like from here on out, I don't have any excuse not to like go after the, the really good wrestlers. You know, I don't have to walk into fights anymore feeling like, um, well, they're a good wrestler. So I need to stay on the feet. No, nah, fuck them. If they're a good wrestler, they're, they're, they're going to get out wrestled if they don't take me seriously. And especially in this fight, I was like, I, you know, in a fight, like it all, all the events blend together kind of funny. But in this fight, I was like, I was like, wait, did I take him down? And then I went back and I watched it. And I was like, oh, shit, I did. And then the one time he went for that, like, lat drop kind of thing. Yeah. And I, like, ended up on top of him. I was like, damn, that's, that's like, twice I would have scored, you know? So. Yeah, no, you're, like, the next uh, big wrestler in MMA. Now, he also won a million dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah, so he came out and he trained with us. He was with us for, like, a month or so, maybe. And then he left. And we didn't see or hear anything again until we heard that he was in the finals of the PFL tournament. And then, and then of course, he went out and won a million dollars. It's crazy. It was. I was like, I was so happy for you, man. I was, I was really happy for you. And then I was like, holy shit, dude, this is going to be a huge win. And then even when you got the draw, I'm like, I don't know. I felt like it was a step up in competition for you and you passed the test. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, you know, of course, you wanted you to get the win. Um, yeah, and I, I not to cut you off. But I agree. I and I, I felt the same way. Like it was like, um, accolades wise, Elias Saev was was the best guy I ever fought. You know, head and shoulders above any, maybe with the exception of maybe Mewanowski, but um, a guy who was a bona fide world champion. And I went in there and I I competed really well. I you know, obviously felt like I could have done a lot better, but um, you know, like I said, it it wasn't wasn't a perfect performance. Not even really a performance. I can say I'm um pleased with but like you know there there was there was a lot of positive to take away from it too you know what i'm saying oh 100 thanks for the shout out by the way you gave me a shout out of guys that you'd want to walk you to the thing that was like i was like holy shit dude i was uh i was very 
I was honored. It was me, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, uh, somebody else, right? Vladimir Klitschko. But they, but I kind of, but like, if you're gonna ask me, like, they said non, they said I think non MMA or non sports. So the first two were kind of like a layup, and then the last one, I was like, okay, can it be any sport, just not MMA? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So now, one of the good things about having you on the podcast today, uh, not to make fun of my co-host, is that I know you probably watched the fights last week. Um, we have an MMA podcast, but Don Fry never watches the fights. Sean doesn't even know their fights half the time. So then I have to just kind of give <laughs> a recap of the fights. Did you watch the UFC fights last week? I went in and out of them. Honestly. All right, Jessica Andrade. So Jessica Andrade won uh, her, I know, lost uh, to Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield beat her. Um, and that was a fight where I thought that uh, Jessica Andrade is, she's obviously a great fighter, but she's a bully. She's a, yeah. if, if she's winning in the beginning, she'll win the fight. Except for, yes. the, except for the one where Rose, where she slammed Rose on her head. That was the only one where I think she actually came back. Yeah. But she's one of these girls that I think if you could just somehow frustrate her or win the first round, you'll win the fight. And um, I that's exactly what happened. Now, that being said, well, as good as Blanchfield looked, you know, she's calling out Valentina Shevchenko. And if she fights the same way she did against Andrade, I think she gets pieced up because it just seemed like her, you know, Andrade is uh, as powerful as she is. Her technique is, is she just throws these wide punches. So I thought Blanchfield looked better than Andrade, but still was like this a lot of. And I just think Valentina, who is very, is just going to yeah. light her up if she fights the same way. Now, that being said, she's going to prepare differently and blah, blah, blah. But as good as Blanchfield looked, I don't. I don't know. I mean, just Shevchenko's chicks is on a different level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you're totally on the – you hit the nail on the head there with Andrade. If, if she has a momentum on her side, she's unstoppable. She's a bull. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't really know if I see anybody unseating Shevchenko right now at, what, at 125. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, 125, I feel like that's her weight. And I, I even really feel like at 135 she'd be – She'd be pretty, pretty unstoppable too, man. <laughs> uh, but that's a, yeah, that was a big win for Aaron Blanchfield. I like, I like people that can come in and get it done like that. Did you watch the Jordan Wright versus? Uh, it was Zach uh, Pauka. Yeah, did, did you watch that? Yeah, I did watch that. Yeah, that was the weirdest. Jordan Wright, like he starts laughing and smiling, yeah. and he's yeah. losing. He it's one yeah. thing that when you're winning. And he's looking up at the at the at the what is it the monitor? I don't know if he's looking at the time or yeah. I, like I can see you're looking up at the at the if, like there were times where people looked up at the monitor to see where the guy's head was and he was elbowing him back. There was one fight where a guy did that it was kind of funny, uh -huh. but it was in the clinch. It's like shouldn't you look at the person right who has you with the underhooks? Like what was he looking at? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't, I've never been somebody who was able to like. I couldn't make I, – I could never find anything funny in a fight, ever. I mean, I've smiled in fights for sure, but that's like – not because I thought something was humorous, but because, yeah, yeah I mean, whatever. No, so one time um, in between in between rounds, sorry. In between rounds, whenever I fought Gokhan Saracham, I, I was looking at my coach, and he was like, oh, we're in it now. And I was like – I don't know what it was, but that made me, like, not laugh, but I was like, yeah, Fuck, yeah here we go. Um, <clears throat> But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you there. It's like I don't – I don't know what's so fucking funny. I was 
funny thing is I was in practice and I, I especially the heavyweights, I feel like I, I'm the, that fucking dork who's like, come on, guys, let's go. You know, the, the <laughs> team captain type that like everybody thinks is annoying. Yeah. And there was heavyweights wrestling and um, our coach had gotten on us earlier in the day about how like if you're staring at each other, like we're doing one minute goes like live one minute goes from neutral. So from the feet and um, the I, I looked over and noticed that every round they were just staring at each other. They were just on the feet hugging and whatever and i told them like guys if you just stare at each other you both lose and the one dude started laughing and it pissed me off because i was like that's not funny like if you want to be a professional fighter losing is not the business that's right that's how that's how your career ends or you know whatever um and it's so yeah to tie back in i was watching the fight and he's like getting elbowed up against the fence it wasn't it wasn't this like it wasn't the sensational performance of like dominance from Zach Powell. I mean, he, good for him. He won, but it just, this dude's getting fucked up. His head smashed up against the cage. What up, Sean? And, uh, hey, and, um, he's sitting there. Yeah. Sitting there smiling while he's getting cheese grated on the fence. And it's like, for me watching it, it's like, bro, there's nothing funny about that. Like you're, you're getting smashed and like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's like, what? I don't understand. I don't understand what was so funny. Like, and then in the in the last round, if I remember correctly, Jordan Wright like came on and started fighting a little bit. Yeah, he. It was it's crazy because he's he's lost his three fights in a row. This will be the fourth fight. The guy was like, you know, they're calling him the Beverly Hills Ninja. That pretty much people have figured out with him if you just give him no space that you could yeah. beat him. I thought Zach actually had like an old school Randy Couture type approach of just like yeah. grind him up against a thing. Um, I, it was weird. Did you watch the fight at all, Sean? Uh, last week, Jessica and <laughs> I knew it. Like I said, I go, this might be the first podcast where I don't have to just explain what happened. Um, so Jessica and lost. We talked about that. Uh, Blanchfield took her down and submitted her and beat her on the feet. Just was like kind of bullied her. Um, and then, the second fight, just that guy, the Beverly Hills Ninja, the whole time was like getting beat up against the fence and was just laughing and smiling. And we're, and we're talking about, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever sort of laughing during a fight, Sean? Uh, uh, I laughed before, but only because somebody said something weird to me in a fight one time. I laughed. The guy told me how strong I was when I picked him up and slammed him. <laughs> and I uh, awkward and I felt bad for him at the same time. So I kind of started laughing, you know? And yeah. uh yeah. Then there was a uh, one time before a fight, a guy winked at me as we were standing there because he knew he was going to get beat up real bad. So he winked at me like to let me know he knew he was about to lose, and that made me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's like comedians that laugh at their own jokes. I'm just like, dude, you know the joke is coming. You told it four thousand times. Uh, a lot of times, comics don't want to not hear laughter, so they laugh that way. At least they heard someone laugh. You know, it's like an insecurity thing. But um, then there was a guy who fought this guy, William Knight. This guy looks like the most he looks like an Adonis. Like he like you put him in a lab. Black dude, just fucking muscle on muscle on muscle. Right. I mean, you, if, you, if you were like going to cast like a, a bad guy, villain fighter in a movie, this would be the guy. The guy because- you could not because he's black just because of the way he looked. The guy <laughs> did not throw a punch. Sean, he, <laughs> he, he got he got leg kicked to death. And didn't his corner was screaming at him like, "What are we doing here? Why are we doing like?" I mean, then he said afterwards he got death threats. Which, by the way, if you're gonna fucking give a, a fighter death threats, what for fucking up your parlay? Like, I mean, I hope the, hope those people get reported and, and get in trouble for it. But that was the weirdest. Trials was 
on the phone with him the whole time. Wait. On the phone with him. Uh, tall Steve, have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, it was weird. It was like one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. Like the dude totally laid an egg. Just I because I, I was watching it too, and um, yeah, it was weird that yeah. he just walked around for. He walked around the cage for twenty minutes and just let himself get kicked to death. Was, but I mean, and that's. Uh, Sean, uh, it's kind of weird. We're, we're in a POV position where you're getting a blowjob and you picked up Vaseline. I, 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 I don't know what. This I'm is trying to find something to prop my phone up against. So oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, like you would. You think he? Had, you think he had money against himself, Steve? I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Then I think if you had money against yourself, it'd be so much easier just to just to like claim a knockout, right? Just bow out at some point. Cause then you could take you could take a higher uh your betting line would be higher because then you could pick when the stoppage would be, right? Right, right. It, it does seem like he got leg kicked to death. He couldn't use his leg. And I, and I think he just started it was one of those things where I'm not sure how much experience this guy has fighting. But it, it what probably happened, I have to look into it, was they probably fast-tracked him because the way he looks. Yeah. And, and this should have been like his third or fourth fight. You have that kind of a thing. And then you figure uh, it's a little bit wrong. That's not the kind of fight you want to have in the UFC at that level, you know? I do think, too, that um, I, I'm just totally speculating at the point that I don't, I don't really know anything about William Knight or his training habits, but I got the vibe that he had never seen a look like that before. And that's, that doesn't excuse the total lack of effort. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the dude went out there and did absolutely nothing, but I, I did kind of get the, I got the feeling that he'd never been with somebody in the gym who was just going to stand there and kick him for however long, which, which could mean anything, you know, like whatever, maybe, maybe he was just confused. Maybe he felt threatened. Maybe he was hurt and nobody knew it. He was just trying to get a paycheck and some health insurance. I don't know. Sean, you ever have a guy just leg kick you to death? I actually, I always thought, man, before I started training, I thought guys were sissies that like would fall down from leg kicks or act like it hurt because I thought it was just the smack that hurt. And I was like, it don't hurt that bad getting smacked. So I had a pro kickboxer kick me in the leg one time, like when I wasn't even like ready for it. Like I told him, I said, I just want to feel what it feels like. And he goes, dude, you really don't. Like it really hurts. And I said, it'll be fine. He goes, dude, I don't, he kept saying, you're going to try to beat me up. He was like a smaller dude. I said, I promise I won't. So he kicked me at about 60% and I wasn't ready just out there. And I couldn't walk right for two days, man. Like it was, he hit me right on the spot. And then I understood. I was like, oh, you can't feel your leg when they hit you with it like that. It's like you completely lost all feeling. You know, so I always thought it was a pain thing with them. I didn't realize it was a numbness thing. But, yeah, I, it, it hurt for days, man. Not, not hurt, was numb for days. So probably did permanent damage. So, uh, Steve, what about you as far as leg kicks? You ever have a guy at the gym? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the first time – I mean, I've been kicked in the leg several times before this. But one time Tyrone Spong, uh, <laughs> he came in and sparred with me. He fucking kicked me in the leg, and it was like – the first time I'd ever been kicked like that, it was fucking miserable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, you know what? <laughs> Henry was showing an inside leg, leg kick one time, and he didn't have shin guards on. And this was like after practice, so everybody's cold, everybody's just, you know whatever. And he walks out, he's showing somebody, and he does it to me. And same thing, I felt it for like on the inside of my leg, like right where my my uh, knee meets my like my thigh, my upper thigh. Whack! And I was like, same shit for like two days. I could feel it when I was walking around. Yeah, it was, Sean, it was crazy. Like it was like, and the guy kept getting kicked in the leg, and then making fun of the other guy. Like that's the Perfect. best you got. <laughs> the guy would just <laughs> take him in the fucking leg again. I, it was, cr I, man, that was, uh, that was, that was nuts. Uh, and then 
this guy, AJ Fletcher won. And I, I was happy for him because after he won, he said he had a hundred dollars in his bank account and that he was, and he was living in his overdraft. And for a guy who's living in his overdraft, I could relate. And there's nothing worse than buying a fucking cheeseburger and then finding out like a day later, it was $44. Like, and then having to go and beg the bank to take off nine overdraft charges, because that's exactly what used to happen to me when I was, I was had negative $900 in my bank account. So good for him. Um, uh, because, uh, man, I know exactly how that feels. Uh, and then I had them like way back in the day. Well, not way back, but back when I used to have a lot more money than I do. Um, they had they tried to overdraft my son. Well, I set up a checking account with my son when he was whatever, as young as you can be to have one, and uh, like 16, let's say. And they um they tried to charge him $250 in overdraft charges. And I said, No, I specifically put it that he couldn't overdraft, like that it would just wouldn't work. And they tried to still charge it. Well, we could take a couple of them off, and I happened to have like three hundred thousand dollars in their bank at the time. And I said, Okay, that's fine, you go ahead and keep it. I want three hundred thousand dollars right now. And they're like, well, I said, I want all my money out of your bank. I'm taking every dime. I'm like, sir, we can't do it. I said, you have my money. You took it when I deposited it, right? And they're like, yes. And that's all I want it. And I was going to tell them I wanted cash, too. So they're going to have to order all that cash and do it. And within three minutes, they first all the charges. So I said, I'll just be here, like, what, later on Friday and get my 300000 cash. And they were like, uh, it was going to be a nightmare for them. But, yeah, that, uh, anyway, overdraft suck. That's the biggest scam. That's what they make most of their money on, banks do. It's the worst. It's the worst. So happy for AJ Fletcher. So Jamal Embers fought a guy that was 23 and 0. But I don't know who your guy fought. Like the UFC, and then Jamal beat him 30-27 across the board. The guy had like 4 million followers on Instagram, and he was 23-0. and 0. Uh, And I love it when that happens. Because they pretty much, I thought, brought, I think they brought Jamal Embers to lose to this guy. Like they were like, oh, well, you know, we'll pick a guy that used to be in the UFC, blah, blah, blah. And I love it when that doesn't work out. That, that's my favorite thing in the world, <laughs> when they try to build somebody and it just falls in their face. Um, and, he, and then uh, OSP. <laughs> And OSP's got to stop. Felipe Linz just came in there and just beat him in under a minute. OSP had a great run, uh, you know, fought for the title, fought John Jones. Obviously a great athlete, but what's going on? Steve, thoughts? I mean, that's that's between him and his coaches about when he should retire. But, yeah, he definitely got sparked by Felipe Linz. I saw the the highlight of it, and it was like, they're similar in age, too. I keep thinking Felipe Lin's like 32, but he's like 30, 37. Yeah. And but he's still he's still cracking it. But OSP, yeah, he he's been he's been in the headlights more than a few times here. Um, and then Jim Miller fought a guy who looked like he was it was his like son, this guy Alex Hernandez. It looked like he was beating up his son, but it was a close fight. Alex won, but it, it could have went to Jim Miller. Uh it was like literally that was like uh... did you did you watch no. that fight? What was that, Sean? A great joke. I said, "Well, did you think you were watching Houston Alexander fight because he beats his kid up?" Oh, <laughs> damn! Uh, now, all right. So let's talk about some other stuff that happened. Uh, do you watch BKFC? Anyone, Sean? Oh, I, I was on. All right. So bare knuckle. It was Knuckle Mania two. Um, in case you missed Knuckle Mania one, um, in the <laughs> in the Don't main event. That. In the main event, which I which I said was going to happen, I said this was a terrible fucking idea. Why did they make this fight? I was against it, and I liked Diego Sanchez, but he got the shit beaten out of him by Austin Trout, who was a professional fighter, who went the distance against Canelo, who had like four world titles at one point, and he beat the shit out of Diego to the point where like he was looking at the ref saying, please stop the fight. Please stop. And then it, it was... 
beyond sad. So now Diego is suing because in the beginning, and there is a video of of Austin's uh, corner. They greased the back of his of his neck so that Diego couldn't clinch. That's why he said or they they put Vaseline in the back of his neck, and now Diego is suing. Uh, but I don't think that is what made the difference in the fight, and I don't think he has much of a lawsuit either in in, in this situation. Um, Steve, did you watch it? No. I'm excited to hear that though. Alan Belcher's fighting bare knuckle this weekend. I'm yeah, kind of hype about that. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on, D- on Diego Sanchez, Austin Trout? Yeah, I was actually part of that fight. So that Vaseline you saw was—I was trying to hide it for him and get, get rid of <laughs> film. But uh, no, I was saying, uh, what was the guy? Was it, is it Sean Strickland, the guy that was running his mouth about Diego after? Like I thought, yeah, that, I yeah, like, it's like. I don't know. I'm, I was never comfortable. Like when I was gonna fight Mark Hunt, I wasn't comfortable talking trash about him. I talked trash about everybody I fought, but I didn't want to do hit like to him because I was like really respect the guys that were like legends before I even was training. You know, so right. like uh, Diego was fighting before I was even training. So like I don't, and I'm well retired. So I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like when guys do that, man. Like when they kick a guy when they're down and a, an older legendary guy like that. Yeah, yeah he, he said it's like beating up a retard or something. That's what Sean Strickland said. Sean Strickland like has a thing of like. He says things like when Stephen Bonner died, he just went off on Bonner, basically saying, yeah, Bonner was the guy that everybody was, uh, you know, basically kicked out of gyms, on pills, always drunk. And like, yeah, there, there is some truth to, to what he was saying, but maybe the time isn't like eight minutes after he's died, he's dead, you know, yeah. and then and then, then he then after his last fight, he gave a shout out to Stephen Bonner. So obviously he felt bad about it. But Strickland's like, it's like sure. <laughs> Appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. Also, in bare knuckle, Greg Hardy got knocked the fuck out. He fought my friend, this guy Watson, who um, he was a seven to one favorite. And man, I don't know where Greg Hardy goes from here. And he got flatlined, and people were just celebrating all over the internet because of what happened with the the football that got kicked out. Have you ever trained with Greg Hardy, Steve? No, no, I haven't. I've actually been in the same gym as him, you know, more than a handful of times, but I never trained with him. He, uh, we would like cross paths a lot because uh, uh, the gym that we do our strength conditioning at, strength conditioning at, is where he does like his normal training. So, uh, no, I haven't. That's the the thing about that though is that uh, Rick Hardy knocked out Asim Rockman Jr. like like a month ago, so yeah. it's like. It's weird that I mean, not weird. It, no, all all credit where credit is due to your friend. It's just that it's like, yeah, he's just an elite boxer, but then he went in and he got knocked out by. No offense to your friend, it's just somebody I never. Yeah, yeah, great. Bare so. knuckle. Well, I think bare knuckles is a different sport. Than boxing. I think if it was like maybe if it was boxing, he could use. Um, but I don't know what Greg Hardy does. I mean, I don't know why. I look. I obviously whatever happened with domestic violence, like obviously that's awful. What happened and. He deserved to get kicked out of the NFL. That's what happened. But there's something about like, I don't, maybe it's me, but I just feel kind of bad for Greg Hardy, <laughs> but especially like, for, I, I, there's something about like just watching a guy just, just keep falling and falling. And, like, like if you were watching the movie about the, the Greg Hardy life, right. Yeah. And, and you're like where he was and when he got, went into the NFL and like went to the draft and made the pro Bowl to like the UFC I mean, getting knocked out in bare knuckle boxing by a guy that you're a seven one favorite, that's gotta be like the low one of the lowest points, right? I mean, aside from definitely, definitely 
that would definitely be the the downturn before the big comeback if yeah. there was going to be. A- oh, damn, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Jose was fighting in Japan and running from him like all around the ring. I was like, wait, that's Jose Canseco. Like, what is going? Like, why is he? In- why is all Japanese guy in Japan and running away from him in circles? Like it. Uh, it is sad to see somebody who, not that he was necessarily ever on top, but I mean, if you're in the NFL and you're an All Pro, that's pretty. That's a pretty high peak to reach fighting bare knuckle for who knows ten thousand dollars or whatever they're doing. You know? so. That was the weirdest. That that Canseco fight. He came out there with a baseball bat. Remember, he walked out with his his like girlfriend. It was like I think it was a was it Pride or was, what was it? It was like was it I forgot the was it Ryzen or I forgot what it was. One of those. Yeah, yeah, and he comes out with a baseball bat. With his ex girlfriend as his corner, and he, and he's wearing like leggings. He's not yeah. even wearing shorts. He's wearing like those spandex. But then Canseco lost to one of the writers of Barstool Sports. Like he actually did us like a celebrity. So I think that's even worse than losing to Hong Wong Choi, because uh, at least Hong Wong Choi was like a fighter. He he lost to a. But remember, he also had his brother. Remember, he was gonna have his brother fight for him. He has a twin, right? Yeah, yeah. His brother weighed in and said he was Jose Canseco and was going to fight instead of Jose Canseco. And then they caught him. Oh my <laughs> like God. he had some other tattoo or something. But <laughs> he was going to have his brother fight. I'm not even sure his brother would have, Ozzy Canseco would have won the fight. But the fact is, like, <laughs> he was going to, like, Hello Fresh. Listen, with Hello Fresh, you get farm fresh. Pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My wife and I, we've been having these HelloFresh meals all week. It has been incredible. I highly recommend you skip trips to the grocery store and you count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's right, affordable, okay? Which is why it's America's number one meal kit. Not number two, not number three, number one. All right, listen. Remember those New Year's goals you promise yourself you stick to? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Okay, I know that it could be like, oh, we got to go here, we got to go there, we got this, we got to get in the car, gas, the kid. You get, no, forget that. Right to your door. You get HelloFresh and skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the long checkout lines where you're sitting there and people are having the dumbest conversations. You're like, get me out of here. No, spend more time doing the things you love with delicious chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. They now have 40 weekly recipes to choose from. 40, come on, it's a lot. You could say bye-bye to your recipe rut and treat yourself and your family to exciting new flavors every week, okay? I am not a cooking guy. I stink at it, but I've been using HelloFresh and whoa, it's like, it's awesome. My wife and I, we bond, the kid helps. All right, so go to hellofresh.com slash roasted65. Use the code roasted65 for 65% off uh, plus free shipping. Right, I'm telling you guys, hellofresh.com slash roasted65. All right, HelloFresh. Is America's number one meal kit. Number one meal kit. Number one. So go there now and thank me later. Or thank me now. What's up, people? I want you guys to know that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, NHL, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info 
player news and game trends at Bet Online. They got live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite leagues and events. So, people, head to their website today or use your mobile uh, device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. That's right, CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Highly recommend. Did you hear about? Did you ever hear about when Frank Stallone started boxing after Rocky came out? Like he was trying to find a way to make a living. Yeah. And so that's movie. So Frank Stallone started boxing, and I guess he was taking ass whippings from every boxer. Uh, you know, on the East Coast, they were just giving it to him. It was like he was calling himself Rocky's brother, and like as his things. Like, wait, dude, but you're, it's a real boxing match now. Like, it's not Rocky. You know, like it. Uh, reminds uh, me of the I told you about that loose track of what's real and what's not when you talk to him. It's funny, man. Um, and then also, I don't know, did you watch it, Dustin Poirier, what happened with uh, with him? So I guess uh -huh. he, he was at some Mardi Gras parade, and some guy came in with a, a big sign saying, Dustin, your wife's in my DMs. Like, that's what Connor said. So the guy is holding a sign, and Dustin's on like a float, right? <laughs> He's on a float with his wife. And then the guy runs up to him with the sign. And then Dustin smacks him in the head. Uh, and then that was pretty much what happened. Like, <laughs> I wonder what he thought was going to happen. I always wonder when people are like that, like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like, who the fuck makes a sign, first of all? Like, you, you got to go out and get markers, and then you have to know exactly when Dustin's coming. I mean, what a fucking idiot. I, oh, man. Uh, like, I, I wish that he didn't just smack him. Like, I wish he would have, like, jumped off and, like, doubled double leg number like just knock like knocked them out and then the other float would have came or something like oh man i fucking hate people i i hate people um and then uh i don't know you heard about mcgregor at all in the ultimate fighter so they did, the, they, did the, the, they, they cast the ultimate fighter it's obviously it's, it's mcgregor versus michael chandler as the coaches and here's my thoughts it's like they're trying to figure out i i think the ufc wants a win for connor and they think Chandler's the, the guy dumb enough to let him punch him in the face and get knocked out by him. And they might not be wrong um, because I don't know. I don't, Chandler isn't, he's a great fighter. Doesn't have the best fight IQ. And uh, it's a good fight for Connor, I think. But if he loses, I think it's over. So anyway, so they brought in them the, as the coaches and they put a bunch of guys that I like. They, they got the guy that was uh, my friend that was, uh, what's his name? He was, he's a, the school teacher now. And he was the guy that said, Google me, bro. I got into a fight on TMZ. Forgot the guys. You know what I'm talking about? Fucking, he was a great guy. He was in the, I got Anthony Burchek, who I like a lot, a bunch of other people. Anyway, so McGregor comes and immediately kicks out three guys before, like on day one and brings in three guys from Ireland. <laughs> so, so like, which these guys like had been, have been like quarantined for two weeks in like a hotel, like signed the contract. Like, went in there, and then McGregor just says, nope, you guys are out, my guys, which is not right. I mean, that's, to me, that's the UFC's fault. They have to, before that, they have to either say, no, Connor, you can't do that, or they have to have a special thing where, okay, you're three guys versus these three guys to get on the show, or they know that he's going to do that, and they leave three openings. But to right. allow him to come and just fucking... Was there... 
the three he kicked off, or just he picked three at random and told them they're out? Um, I, I'm sure he picked the three guys that he deemed were the worst guys. Uh, Steve, anything that you, you know? <clears throat> one of my team, I think one of my teammates was on the chopping. Well, I know one of my teammates was on the chopping block, and um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'm with you there. Well, hey, look, like it'd be one day. It'd be one thing I think if the UFC had been like, "Wait, look, like you know, some some things change. We're going to compensate you, and we'll make sure that." We have another avenue for you, but I'm with you there. I think if you have a, if you make your word to somebody, especially a fighter in the prime of their life, trying to fucking crack it, make it happen, and you tell them they're going to get this big opportunity just for just for somebody to show up and say, ah, actually, we're gonna we're gonna have my guys coming. It's like that's fucked up, man. It's, it's bullshit. That's it. I don't I don't really know. Is that really what happened though? Because I heard didn't the UFC say they didn't do that? I know that the manager, Danny Rubenstein, who is a pretty, he's not the kind of guy, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's not the kind of guy that, that would like make shit up. Like if that, and it, it was three of his guys that got kicked off or something. So I know he tweeted out that really happened. I know Chris Curtis said that really happened. But also like. Yeah. My, friend Loic, my friend Loic was, he was in the PFL finals two years in a row. And he got signed up for this show. And I was like, he's the kind of guy that like, I, I know just how good he and this was like the kind of thing that would like really, really give his career the the the, the bump that he needed. And um, he, you know, he he didn't really get into the minutia of what happened. He's he's Tajikistani, so he probably couldn't articulate it in English anyway. But he just posted that like UFC, yeah, so bad, like he's I'll do anything kind. Of, and I was like, man, what the fuck's going on? And then I saw that some dudes got he got bumped with you know whatever the couple other guys. Um, yeah. Sucks, man. It's fucking brutal. Why, why not just make three more fights? Why not just yeah. like have an What's episode that? where you just have like okay, or like make that part of the drama of the or season, like you know or Connor, if you knew you had three guys that you wanted, why didn't you just call them when they were putting the show together and be like, yeah, no matter what, I want these three guys on my on the show, and it's like right. well, cool. I don't know. I I'm, it, I don't know. I really don't fucking understand like. It just sucks. It just sucks to hear, like, as a fighter, hearing about another fighter get get fucked because because Conor McGregor kicked in the door and and told people to get. Yeah, I mean, not even that. It's just, uh, I I just think the whole Conor thing is over. I think it's over. I think that the UFC and P and um, WME are like, look, this guy. They look at the numbers about what Conor generated, yes. and like, how do we keep this as long as possible? But I think realistically. I mean, he's on. He lost to Poirier twice. He lost to Khabib. He lost to Mayweather. I mean, he fight, fights once every three years. The fight against Donald Cerrone. Cerrone pretty much admitted he didn't want to be there. He's like, I was looking for a way out as soon as the fight started. So I'm not even sure that win even should count. You know, if a guy. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it probably sounds like more of a power flex move by Conor than anything. Realizes he that um i don't think the ratings are going to be what they think it are what they think it's going to be with him coaching because nobody watched last time he coached i guess that's not what people are on there to see but um i think they're like you said they're trying to squeeze they know he's got one or two more fights left in him that's why they were trying the khabib they tried nate diaz like anything uh, they need to be taking him one fight at a time because he's gonna be in prison before long anyway you know what i mean like he keeps doing the stuff he's doing so he's gonna get killed or be in prison if you can't go around punching women all the time and like Hitting mafia guys like he punched some mafia guy like a while back had to pay him off like you can only do like co so much cocaine and so many steroids at once and it's not a good uh, recipe. 
Yeah. Uh, now, um, some fight announcement that got made before we go over this fight. So Chris Barnett, who uh, who I, I love, uh, that dude is just, I mean, if you don't know, he looks like Lizzo, and he just can throw fucking flying. Like, I've never seen a guy, I, I guess, well, I, I had to research him. He, his father, uncle, grandmother, everyone has been a black belt in his whole family, his whole lineage. He's been doing karate his whole life. And he's also a professional uh, dancer, like break dancer. He actually used to battle, you, dance battle. He, well, you know, it's the best thing ever. Like, you can't even believe it's happening. So yeah. he's fighting Chase Sherman, uh, which is going to be a good fight because Chase Sherman's a guy you could punch 10,000 times. He doesn't go anywhere. Uh, he looks like the bad guy from Home Alone. Remember Buzz? He has, he just And he just comes straight forward. So that's going to be a good fight. Um, thoughts on that fight, Tall Steve? Yeah, Chase my teammate, the 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 buzz thing was hilarious. Chase, uh, my teammate, and I always write out for my dog, even if I don't write out for my dog. I think, um, uh, no, I think Chase is going to do great. <clears throat> What's it like training with him? Just like you said, he's like, he's like the fucking Terminator. He's always walking forward. He got his hands up. He's he's stiff and he's awkward and he's weird, but you know he he's fucking effective. Is I mean, we saw. Even in his last fight where he lost, it's like he he's got he has his moments where he can mix it up and do everything. He can box really, really well. Um, I think this fight's going to go well for Chase. Uh, Matt Brown is fighting Court McGee. That's a fight I like. Don't put fucking Matt Brown in against an undefeated guy from Brazil who's twenty years old on juice, and 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 don't put Court McGee against uh again like that's a good fight right there. You got two names. Maybe they're not exactly in their prime as they once were, but they still got it. And uh, I like that fight. Sean? Yeah, I would like to see him do more of that, man. I don't understand why uh, we were talking about, like, when Tony Ferguson kept losing, you keep feeding him a top three guy. Like, dude, let him get a win. Put him in with put him in with a number 15 guy or something. You know what I mean? Like, just let him get – or, you know, like, uh, the pride was great about that, about building fights or building fighters. They would give a guy a couple easy fights and build up to a big one. They're not easy, but – you know, a couple of really winnable fights and do that. But it's, uh, or if they lost a couple in a row, they'd give them one they could win. But uh, yeah, no, that's good. I'd like to see the older guys like that fight. Older guys, I don't like it when they, uh, that's what's funny is when they were bringing me into the UFC, I thought my biggest concern was I was just going to be served up to some killer. And they were just doing it to, because they like to take unknown, undefeated fighters, bring them in and let them get beat by one of their guys. This is like 2010. But uh, they did it to like three different guys from Indianapolis. They brought in guys that were not going to know and then gave them to the guys that were ultimate, they're on the ultimate fighter that were good, you know. and so I said, I don't want to fight him, but I want to get served up for whatever they were paying, $8,000. And they said, no, it'll be another first-time UFC guy. Then I saw it was Mark Hunt, like they tricked me <laughs> after I saw it. Because I was like, wait, is that Mark Hunt, like, like from Iowa? Are you talking about the actual Mark Hunt from Pride? They're like, well, see, the first-time UFC guy, we didn't lie to you. I'm like, yeah, well, that's not – Fedor would have been too. <laughs> and so I think that's what they thought. They thought it was a win-win. Either Mark Hunt looks great or I get rid of Mark Hunt for him. But either way – uh, ironically, I beat Mark Hunt. Then my career went to hell, and he won six or eight in a row. So it was a uh, it was strange. Um, and then uh, they got this girl Jenny Savage, who I like. She's this girl from Tennessee. She's actually like a little hottie. Um, she's fighting Britton Hart, also another hottie who's married to Joey. Uh, what's his name? Joey, that fucking create the Mexican, the executioner. Uh, Joey Beltran. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good fight. That's actually a good fight. The first time Britton Hart won. But I like Jenny Savage a lot. And Rowdy Beck, 
is fighting Christine Ferreja, who's a fucking monster. This is in bare knuckle boxing, by the way. Uh, Rowdy Beck, who had a boxing match, lives in Australia, also smoking hot, um, uh, you know, tattoos, just looks like she could, the kind of chick that'll fuck you, call you an Uber, make you leave, even though it's your place. Um, and then Christine Ferreira has been a just a killer in bare knuckle boxing. Um, uh, so that's coming up. And then Bellator cut Pat Downey, which is crazy. Pat Downey's a guy. He was like the bad boy of wrestling, Sean. He was like he made some. He was like the guy that could have been a national champion. Plays kept getting kicked out for fighting. This that he was just like kept somehow made the world team, but had like crazy. But was always fighting. And anyway, so he goes into Bellator, wins his first fight easy, gets the shit beaten out of him in the second fight because he's one of these dudes. It's like I'm gonna go punch for punch. With a guy who's unknown and lost that battle, and then he got cut. Uh, you know anything about this, Steve? Why? I know. I know Pat. I know Pat. I mean, I'm not like best friends with him, but I like Pat. Um, yeah. We've. I've always got along with him really well. He he came and trained with us for a little bit. Um. I mean, I'm with you there in the sense that, like, okay, man, this is, that's his second fight ever. Like, okay, yeah, I get that. I get that they had high hopes for Pat Downey, and you know, they might have been a little bit disappointed. Yeah, but you know it's only a second fight. Like, can we? If if it had been like three fights in a row of him getting starched, it's like okay, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to move on. But like, I don't know. I would have liked to see Bellator cut him a little bit more, give him a little bit more rope. You know, how is he in practice? He was cool. I mean, he was uh, obviously a fantastic wrestler, really gifted athlete. Um, I mean, he's a wild man. His his reputation precedes him, but yeah. he he was always very generous with his his knowledge and his time. Uh, we really liked training with him. He gave. He gave like the top level UFC guys really good work with you know the wrestling and even his grappling started to progress really quickly too his jujitsu. So uh, like I said, I, I think I think uh, I think when you get into a cage and you fight, sometimes you lose. And uh, I would have liked I would have liked to see him get a chance to continue on. But that said, um, I'd like to. It might be it might be better for him to go off and, and you know go the more traditional route to Bellator instead of getting dropped right in there. He must have done something. He must have pissed off somebody. Yeah, uh, I wonder. If, I'm wondering if maybe he said something to somebody. Like I said, his reputation precedes him. And while he was always cool to me and the teammates and the coaches, um, he did have a a reputation for saying and doing knucklehead things. And I love Pat, but I I know him well enough to to say that. So this week, uh, Sean. In Bellator, uh, it's a rematch, which I thought Logan Starley won the first time. This guy, Amosov, who's 26-0, who's an absolute monster. The guy's a fucking monster. Against Logan Storley, who I think was a four-time NCAA, uh, not champion, but uh, All-American. All the guy also is one of these guys that doesn't care. Like, he beat MVP in a fight where he almost got booed out of the building. And no one gave – he didn't give a shit. He's just one of those guys It's like, I know I can beat you in wrestling. I don't care how boring this is. I don't give a fuck, which I I love. I love guys like that. Because to me, it's like funny. It's just almost like, to me, it's like if, you, if, if a guy can't beat you in what you're doing, I kind of like that in a way. I, maybe I'm a purist where it's like a UFC one type thing. Uh, like Ryan Hall, even he, he kept, I remember he kept going for like rolling knee bars. And I, I was laughing my fucking ass off, even though the whole crowd was like yelling at him. Anyway, so this fight is a rematch for the championship. I hope Logan wins. He, he trains with you, right, Steve? Yeah, fuck yeah. Logan's a teammate. He's uh, 
<clears throat> he's a guy that I mean, kind of like you just said, he just digs his nose in, gets the work. And uh, to be fair, I think people 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 don't give Logan the credit he deserves for rounding out his game as he did. You know, when he fought uh, uh, when he fought Naaman Gracie, he really kind of showcased his boxing skill, um, not just not just. To, in terms of his ability, but also like his hurt, and he was able to, to fight through the round and come back and win. Um, and I mean, I'm I could not agree with you more in the sense that, yeah, people were pissed off whenever he wrestled MVP to death, but but that's what fighting is: is if you are imposing your will on the other guy and controlling him, that's winning the fight. It's I don't and I I fucking I won't hear any argument to the otherwise. Yeah, Sean, any, any thoughts on this uh, this fight? So, man, I don't I don't perceive my way. I, I cannot be fucking happier for Logan Storley to say, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm a better wrestler than you. And I would think he's going to go in there and do really well this weekend. Yeah. Sean? He's just came in and been asking. And I was like, well, as soon as somebody stops it, maybe he'll need to quit doing it, you know? Or even uh, even yeah. the fight with Volkanovski and um, Makachev, they're like, oh, all he did was take his back and hold him there. I was like, well, he did take his back and hold him in whatever position. <laughs> like I said, all he did was hold him down and punch him in the face the whole fight. You know, like, yeah. we're like okay. As, as soon as he went, uh, you could tell that Volkanovski was getting mad trying to say, come on, get up, let's fight. Like, I would love to, I would love to be anytime I was fighting somebody, if they had me down, be like, let's get up and fight like men. Let me on top. You know? Like, <laughs> well, Logan's one of these guys also that's like a, an old school, like, like I had, a, I interviewed him a couple times. I'm like, do you like me? Like his face doesn't change. He's one of those dudes like from Nebraska where he just acts like he hates you. Like he just look, but that's just him. He just, you can't really get a good reading on him. He never laughs. He's got no personality, uh, which I think I like about him. He's just an old school kid from Nebraska who probably is going to be in the, you know, either a billionaire or a wrestling coach in, or after he quits. But he's not one of these guys that puts it on for the crowd. He, he's just he's just who he is, which is I appreciate that. I'll tell you what, it's better to think someone hates you and then like you than think someone likes you. When I went on that trip with James Scott Cummings and all those people like I, uh, for the like, I thought they all liked me. Like, I was joking. Because I was joking nonstop, giving them a hard time. Like, I wouldn't let Krause and Zach. And I, you remember, I got Zach in trouble for trying to smuggle Cox into the, in his ass, into the submarine, like we talked about. Just all kinds of stuff. And they come to find out later, like, I couldn't get uh, James to text me back when he was fighting in, I think, St. Louis or something. I was down there. I was like, dude, I was going to see you after the fight. He went to text me back. And then someone told me, like, you know, he hates you, right? Like, him and Zach hate you. I was like, wait, what? They hate me? He's like, yeah, they don't like you. They think you're cocky or this or that. And I was like, dude, what? Like, I thought we had a hilarious three weeks together on that trip. Like, I, I gave him a hard time. I teased him and stuff, but I didn't. I mean, I thought they could oh, take it. They, I heard differently. I, I heard they all, I mean, Shayna Baszler said that you were the fun. They all loved you. She loved you the most. It was um, really cool. But, but, uh, so, freaking, uh, Steve, by the way, your, your Wi-Fi, Steve, is maybe worse than Don Fry's. I thought Don okay. Fry's Wi-Fi was bad. Yours might be worse. Um, but, so, um. McCorkle meets these two UFC fighters. First thing he says to him, he goes, so what steroids are you guys on? That's his, that's his opening line. Like, <laughs> I actually, I can't, I had something in my mouth. I said, sorry, I got to take this Anavar real quick. Like I was like taking like Anavar. I said, guys, uh, so what are you guys on? Like anything? And they were like, wait, what? They thought I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you guys don't take steroids. And like James acted like he was like absolutely a, I would take steroids. Meanwhile, he's a bookie in 19 different illegal operations. <laughs> that offends me. But, uh, no, yeah. it's uh, got to a point where I, I could tell James was about to snap with would not let up on him. Like, I just kept, like, everything the whole time of him and Zach. 
stuff over and over again to harass them. And um, yeah, they uh, we've been on it almost like in basketball and almost turned into a real fight because he had played basketball before and I played in college. Like he thinks that fouling's just like the clothesline people when they go to the basket and stuff. Like, dude, yeah. you can't foul me every time. Like when I'm trying to shoot, uh, like we playing Andy or whatever, you know, um, whatever. Like what's it called? The uh, Khabib style basketball. But yeah, it was a uh, it was something else, man. But I had fun on that trip. They uh, I almost got kicked off three or four times, but it was fun. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Also, in the UFC this week. It's uh, Ryan Spann versus Krylov. I don't understand Ryan Spann at all because, like, I met him. He said he never did any kind of combat sports. Well, he was, like, 23, 24. He just went with his brother to the boxing gym, and his brother was a boxer. And then he just ju jumped in, and now he's, what, ranked number eight in the world, and he's just fucking beating everybody. How is that even possible? I mean, is that just from... Getting little brother strength of like, it's crazy. That that's crazy. But he's fighting uh, Krylov, Nikita Krylov, who um is also a monster, ranked number seven in the world. Uh, he's coming off a, a win over Ozdemar. He beat Gustafson. He lost to Paul Craig, and he lost to Ankalaev. Um, he beat Johnny Walker. Should be a good fight. Uh, who do you like in this fight, Steve? I like uh, I like Ryan's band there, and I think. Nikita Krylov is a fucking animal, but uh, yeah, Ryan Spann, I'm with you there. Ryan Spann's been able to do something pretty special with with what he's what he's been given here. So I'm going Ryan Spann. Um, Sean, just repeat what he said. If I try to even comment on it, so yeah, same thing. <laughs> uh, also, Brandon Allen, uh, who's number uh, 18, he's like he's uh, he's fighting this guy Munez, Andre Munez, who. Uh, this dude has just—he just goes for leg locks every time, um, and, and he wins. He beat—he beat Uriah Hall his last fight, uh, and then but he also beat Eric Anders by round one uh, by armbar, and then he beat Souza Jacker by armbar. Then he beat Fabrisky by armbar. So he's won his last three fights, uh, not including the Ryan Hall by armbar. He's fighting Brendan Allen. I hope Allen wins, but geez, he's got a tough one against him. Um, what would you do? <laughs> what, what was that, Sean? Sounds like there's an arm bar coming up in this fight from what it said. Well, Allen's won his four fights in a row, though. He beat Jocko by Rene Choke. He beat Malcoon. He beat Sam Alvey. He beat Gabriel Checo uh, in a grappling match. I don't know why that's even on uh, topology. Um, and he lost to Chris Curtis. He got knocked out by Chris Curtis back in uh, 2021. Um, who do we like in this fight, Steve? Brendan Allen's a teammate, and like I said, I always ride for my dogs even when I don't. Are, so, you, are guys just going for arm bars in practice against him? Uh, I haven't really seen. I mean, I'm uh, when things were ramping up for Brendan Allen, I was kind of like focused on myself doing my own thing uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that Brendan Allen did everything he needed to do to prepare for that. And I mean, I'm with you there. Andre Munez is a special jiu-jitsu guy. To, to submit fucking Jacare is... That is a big feather to have in your cap. But that said, Brendan Allen is going to go in there and get it done. Uh, also, this guy, Don't Tell Maze. He's the guy, Sean, that had the guy on the ground and started humping his face. Remember, he was fighting that guy, and he literally just started using his cup to hit the guy in the face with his cup. Um, and I just 
I, I posted it. It got like 6 million hits on it. And then the guy that was under, I think it was Parisian was like, I was like, ref, what's he doing? <laughs> like yelling for the ref. Um, but he's fighting uh, Augusto Sakai. Uh, if any of these, Steve, I'm going to go through, if these guys are any of your teammates, uh, pipe up so we have some in-fight info. Actually, I got I to gotta hop off here soon. So got to hop off? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen, thank you for everything. Uh, and congratulations on your draw. And um, <laughs> and I will see you soon, brother. Yes, and I appreciate uh, just to let the whole world know. Adam gave me the call fight week. It's very uplifting. It's very positive. I can't can't say how much I appreciate getting the call from the homies. Just trying to chime in, make sure everything's good, moving in the right direction. Ab's a good dude. I love doing your show. I wish I had more time. I wish I could round this out. We could call every fight for the next six months. <laughs> but, you know, but that said, Adam, thank you so much. I'll be back as soon as you invite me on. Thank Take you so back. much. Take care, brother. John, always good to see you, man. Always good to be on the podcast with you. Buddy, see you, man. So that was Tall Steve. Uh, great guy. Nicest fucking guy. Almost, like crazy. Uh, also on this. Fighters, when you, when you actually talk to him, man, it's weird. Like he, he seems like he could have done a lot of other things other than fight. You know, like as nice he is, obviously intelligent. So there's no telling. Uh, my dad used to get so mad at me all the time. He said, why would you choose that of all things? He said, of <laughs> things you could do like you've ran a multi-million dollar business before you want to get in and fight with people who have no other ability in the world but to fight and i was like oh you wouldn't let me play football dad it's your fault so um it's, uh but i'm glad i didn't play football now that i talked after i talked to matt mitchell i said i always regretted not trying to play in the nfl he goes no you didn't and i said you don't think so i said dude i could have made it he goes oh, i don't doubt you could have made it he said but uh, i've had probably 40 concussions before I even stepped in the octagon, you know, he said, so I got long-term stuff. He said, the NFL, if you don't play with concussion, you don't play, you know, he said, like, you don't, if you, if you even say you have a concussion, you'll get your walking papers. So um, that's uh, the way it goes. You got to hide it and all that. And I did have something awesome. I'm probably going to save it for, uh, I don't know, maybe we decide to show Greg next week. I got to grab this. So my and I were downtown Indianapolis, which is, looks like the book of Eli now. Like it is, uh, Mostly because Denzel Washington's walking around murdering people. No, it uh, it looks like it, it's I don't know, man. It looks like a war zone now. I hadn't been down there for years, so we get uh, they have this huge arcade down there, which is awesome. Like it's really cool. And uh, the only thing we really felt like doing because she had a broken hand from either from domestic abuse or the car wreck we were in, one of the two. Um, everybody, everybody, oh, everybody thinks I must have hurt her or something. Hold on. We get in one of those little photo booths, right? Yes. Uh, Boy, this was really becoming a pain in the butt. You know where it is? <laughs> okay. So we get one of the little photo booths like you do at any arcade or carnival. And it's like, it says it's a dollar, but you put a dollar in, but then it's $5 if you want the picture. Right. So a dollar what? Just to sit in here? Like they, can, they trick you, right? So then we get in there. We wait five minutes for the pictures to uh, print out. And then this is what came out. It's uh, apparently Greg Romero. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what happened, but that's what came out. And I man, I when it came out, I started laughing so hard I thought I was going to pass out. Like I was like, wait, that's the, <laughs> I paid six dollars for someone else's picture. So I don't know. What <laughs> you, do you ever get your picture or no? No, I don't. I don't know if the system was backed up or what. But somebody probably got mine. The next person when there got mine. Dude, that's, yeah. that's a funny prank. You get like you get the girl that you're with, and then you get like like their ex or something. Or, or you gonna that would be, come out with their ex instead and be like that would be hilarious. Oh man, that's yeah. funny. So, Tony, what's so, that? 
Tatiana Suarez, who they have ranked at number 21, which that makes no sense according to topology. She she beat Carla Esparza. She's 8-0. She won the Ultimate Fighter. She never lost a round. She was a wrestler that was ranked, like, I think number one in the nation. She won nationals in high school and college, I believe. I know, I know definitely high school. And then she had cancer. Uh, and she beat cancer. And then, and then she came back and beat all these girls after beating cancer. And she, like, tore both ACLs, like, and, like, fucked up her knee. So this is her first fight back, fighting Montana De La Rosa. Um, that's, that's this week. So we'll see. I guess when you what cancer you probably it's probably hard to intimidate you like you're probably but you've been through that you're probably not you know what i mean like scared of a person like that would be like uh that would yeah. be rough I told you they thought i had leukemia right did i tell you about that when they pretty much told me i had leukemia no um thought that's why my back was hurting they thought they found a tumor in my lower back and, and as crazy as this is i was relieved because i was like well finally i know what's wrong with my back you know what i mean or whatever like finally we can even if it's a chance I'm going to die, at least we know what to try to fix, like what to attack. I go to hematologist and he looks at all my stuff. He goes, who told you you had leukemia? My doctor I went to, she, he said, you have high, a high red blood cell count, which you get when you take testosterone. He said, that's the only marker you would have of leukemia. There's nothing else on any of this paperwork or tests that say that. And I said, okay, well, I already pretty much had my death plan for, you know, like six weeks while I was waiting for this appointment. And he goes, yeah, no, you don't, you don't have leukemia. And then they're trying to send me back to him again because they, they keep saying that your blood, red blood cell counts too high. I'm like, well, I take testosterone. That's part of it. You know what I mean? Like if you look at my history, it's been that way for years. Like it, it increases your red blood cells, but they want so badly for it to be something else. I don't know. So, uh, I'm thinking about going off testosterone. I was on it for like two years, uh, yeah. but I'm like, what am, the rest of my? I just I hate the needles. I hate having to jab my butt with a fucking needle. I feel like I, I feel like I have like scars now on my ass. Uh, it, it cracks and pops when I inject myself now from scar tissue because I've had it. I've been doing it for twenty something years, so I've got my shoulders are pretty much all scar tissue, my butt cheeks, my legs. So it's like they can do a pellet that they can inject into, but the problem with that is they can't control the level. It just releases it like they put it in what they think it'll work, but it may run too high, and then you got to start taking anti-estrogen, and then it's like. Dude, that happened. Kind of I did the pellets, right? The problem is I got to drive an hour, which I hate doing, whatever. So my, Dean, my friend Dean McDermott said, oh, they put pellets up your ass, right? So I'm like, okay. I thought they put it up your asshole, right? So dude, I got there and the guy's like, all right, let me see your butt. And I was like, right. I started like, he's like, no, no, not that far down. I'm like, oh, I thought, I thought they were going to put the pellets all the way up my ass. I didn't know that they carve out like on your butt cheek. I really was waiting. Like, like ask the guy, like, do I have any hemorrhoids up here? Like, I was going to give him a whole fucking thing. Like, I some other driving hour for an appointment like this. Like, that was, uh, was, uh, Oh, they, uh, I was always against the pellet thing because I like to be able to control. The funny thing is my testosterone was never tested at higher than 400 or so ever in all the years I'm taking it, which is still low. And they told me my last two times it was 950 and 1150. And I said, listen, I would know if my testosterone was at 950 or 1150. I, like, I would know. You know, I'd be jerking off 10 times a day. Like, I don't uh, – like I said, I, I, it's not that high. So um, they did it this last time. I think I get the results back today, but it, I guarantee it's low. They had me not take it for 10 days. I said, if I don't take it for 10 days, it's going to be back down to 200. And then you guys are going to, they're so stupid, man. And people drive me nuts. The doctors, I'm finally on uh, Robin's insurance. So I actually am making an appointment at the Mayo Clinic. Hopefully going up there uh, for my back. I talked to them the other day. I have to get an MRI first um, before they can see me. And I asked them, could I just pay them to do the MRI? Because I'd rather the Mayo Clinic do it than some idiot Indiana doctor. These people are, 
moronic in here. I told you my whole thing about the thing. I kept saying I was sweating and nervous at the ER, right? Like that was, and I, like they're just idiots here, man. I can't stand them. It's uh, it's ridiculous. So I, the doctor I go to now, my primary care is an hour and 45 minute drive from me. And I only have to go three times a year. And so she's a new lady. She wants me to start coming every month. And I said, listen, I'm not coming every month. That's an hour 45 there, an hour 45 back and over an hour there. That's my whole day every month, one day, you know? And she was like, uh, well, I, I'm just not going to keep treating you uh, for pain management. That's not. And I said, okay, I'll just go to a different doctor. And then she's like, well, what about every two months? And I said, no, I'm not coming every, like, no, I'll come three times a year. And then uh, like, it was like, she had to get a win. She was like, what about every three months? Like, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, was like just like we were negotiating. And I finally said, I'll come see you again in three months, but I'm not going to keep doing this. But they, uh, yeah, every time she goes, well, I just want to talk to you about your blood work. I said, but I had an appointment, like a video appointment. She wouldn't do. I said, I don't understand why you had to talk to me in person to tell me my red blood cell count was high. You told me over the phone that you thought I had leukemia. Like, I don't understand why. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. But they they get more money. Now that I'm on different insurance, they get more money when you do it in person than on a video. So oh, they, that's, that's what happens. I, I was wondering why that. Yeah. Another doctor told me that. So she gets paid a lot better if it's an in-person visit. And I said, okay, so that's the game. Just like how they'll put you on. I, I told her like, uh, like every, I don't know, it's embarrassing to admit, but every now and then, every three or four months, I'll get like anxiety for like two or three days straight for no reason. Like I feel like my heart races, it beats 140 beats a minute. And I feel like I can't breathe. I feel claustrophobic, but it's not like stress. It's not anything. All of a sudden I just can't, I don't know what it is. It bothers me for two days and it goes away. And she wants to put me on antidepressants. I was like, I'm not taking antidepressants because two times or two days every three or four months, my heart races. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not affecting my brain chemistry for that. And, uh, she kept insisting. I find out she gets a massive kickback. If she oh needs. yeah. No, I, I know people that they get to go to Disneyland. Some of these people, some of them, they, yeah, they, she they on, of, yeah. I said, is this all off the strongest? Like that's what they give people schizophrenia and stuff. You know what I mean? Or some, one of the ones is for schizophrenia. And I said, I don't, I mean, I'm just talking. I said, it could just be something physical just every now and then. Cause I've never had, I've had depression before in my life, but never anxiety. But every now and then I get like, it's, it was happening this morning. I woke up, my heart was racing and I don't sit there and think like, Oh God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, I don't think that I just like, I can't, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it claustrophobic. Like I'm being buried alive and I don't know why, you know, and no, breathing doesn't help. Like going for a walk, all the stuff they say doesn't help. Like Xanax helps, but no one will prescribe it to you. So you got to ask around to my friends and then I find, you know, allegedly like some Xanax and then it makes it, you know, you take it for a day or so and then you're fine again. But it's, uh, they get so many kickbacks on so many things. It's never about what's best for you. It's always about what's best for, you know, their kickbacks. There is a website someone told me about you can get on. You can see what every doctor's getting paid by who. I guess Congress, a lot of people don't know about it, but you can actually get on there and see what your doctor's getting paid from each prescription they give you. So um, I'm going to um, I'm gonna re-find out which one that is and start looking it up and uh, calling people out. But and I, I, have, most I was going through, you know, because I have like, by the way, new topic, but I have like 300 pages of jokes, right? Like, and, and I, I only do like 45 of the pages because I have like 200 and whatever pages of just thoughts that I haven't worked on yet. So right. I had some time to go back. I was on this cruise ship and there's no Wi-Fi. So I'm looking through like, and I'm like, holy fuck, man. And I'm like, I got to tell Sean about some of this stuff because I just wanted to get your, that's why I was so upset when today, when you guys, I was like, oh, fuck, I have these ideas. And I didn't want to just blast tall Steve with this stuff because he's going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought we're talking about MMA and now, but I was, I was looking at like some of the things that I was. So when I first got to LA, like there was a place called rent a wreck. You ever this place? Uh -uh. And you could rent a car, but it's a wreck. It was called rent a wreck. And it was like a punch buggy. It was $10 a day, right? This is like, I don't know, 2000. So it was like, and, but the car 
would just break down on you at any point. And then they come and give you another wreck. Like this was the, an actual business. I swear. If you Google rent a wreck, right? But they just rented shitty rental cars or it's like a joke. Like your car's going to keep breaking down and they just. Keep no, it was, it was like the same shitty green punch buggy. Like the speedometer didn't go past 50. Like I had no, I had no idea how fast I was going at any point if I was going more than 50, cause it only went up to 50. <laughs> like, dude, they obviously closed this place down. Cause I'm not sure that must've been so many lawsuits against these things, but this was like the, yeah, called rent a wreck. I swear. I used to go to rent a wreck all the time. Um, then I was looking at how, how did I ever tell you how my, 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 my like dad taught me how to, how to like steal. Right. <laughs> well, did I tell you the story? Uh-uh. So my dad used to take me to baseball card shows with him, right? And he would sell baseball cards. And he had this grab bag. And there was a guy named Brian Taylor. Remember Brian Taylor? He pitched for the Yankees. And he could throw like 104 miles an hour at like 18. So his, his rookie card was like $125 for this gold card, right? Brian Taylor, right? And everyone wanted it. But you couldn't get it because he was the next big thing. Then he ended up getting into a bar fight, right, with his, with his cousin, broke his hand. And then broke his pitching hand on a punch and, and ended up going to jail. And I actually, I actually DM'd him. I found him on Instagram or Facebook. And I said, and now he's like super religious and stuff. And, you know, he, cause I was like, hey, anyway, so my, these kids would come and they, my, the, the card was never in there. Like my dad would tell people that it was in this grab bag, but he wouldn't. So one time the guy bought the whole fucking, like all the cards and my dad, like, took the card, the Brian Taylor, and I put it in his like sleeve and slipped it in that way. The, Cause the guy bought like, you know, a thousand worth of, so anyway, but my dad would have these cards that like, if they were worth any money, he would like, he would like write like, oh, this is worth the Ricky Henderson or blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this, this guy got the Brian Taylor when I was there, he actually won it, but it didn't, it wasn't the actual Brian Taylor. You then gave it to us and we exchanged it for the actual. So the kid, the guy gave it to me, and I and I gave him like a Ricky Henderson instead. Like I, I pulled a fat. Oh, it says you want Ricky Henderson. Then my dad came back to the booth and I'm like, hey, dad, I saved this money. And he was so disappointed because I was so proud of ripping kids off for him. And then he like basically taught me like not to <laughs> I figured, you know, because anyway, that was uh that was one thing. Gonna be because he was disappointed in you that you even gave him Ricky Henderson. I was like <laughs> he, he drives a hard bargain, apparently. But uh yeah. So, and then I was looking at things I used to do when I, when I first moved to LA, I, I dressed up as like Spider-Man right? at kids parties. I got a job like doing, and I was the worst fucking Spider-Man. I was, I was beyond the worst. First of all, you had to make balloon animals for the kids. Right. And all I could make was a dog and I popped everyone. Right. Cause I cut every fucking, like I was horrible. Then I had to like paint faces and the kids would be like meet me into captain america i had no idea what i just wrote captain america on the kid I, I was so fucking bad at this right and then you had this thing where you get this uh like hey i bet i could make this disappear right this cloth and they give you like a fake thumb right and then you put the thumb in there and then you go like this and then ta-da well they gave me a black thumb i guess the guy before me <laughs> was was black so I'm like, I go like this and you can just see that it's fucking a black guy. But so I was, I was so bad at this fucking job. dude. And then the pinata, right? I thought the pinata came with candy already in it. Right. And it didn't, you had to put the candy in it. I just figured the pinatas come with candy. So the kids spent like 20 minutes hitting it and then nothing came out. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'm Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, the Green Goblin did this. Like, just fucking, I was the worst, right? But, dude, so I got to keep a bunch of worthless baseball cards out your sleeve. Like, look, that's what's in the movie, the pinata. <laughs> Dude, but I got to keep the Spider-Man costume all week. So I live next to a strip club, like right down the thing. So I'm like, oh, I think it would be funny if I went to a strip club as Spider-Man. So I went by myself. I had no friends in LA. I dressed up as Spider-Man and walked into a strip club because I just wanted to, I just thought it'd be kind of funny, a funny visual that like Spider-Man is like getting a lap dance or like by the strip club stage. And then I wanted to like leave. So this girl starts talking to me and she's like, what, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> she's like, I'm like, your name isn't Candy. She's like, we both of us have secret identities, right? So uh, yeah, I actually went to a, a fucking as Spider-Man. Um, her name was Candy. And you're like, how do you feel about climbing into a, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I was looking at other shit my dad told me. My dad's like an old school dad. So I have a fake tooth because when I got hit by a car, my tooth fell out. So, so I, I like swallowed it one time, right? So my dad's like, oh, I swallowed my tooth. <laughs> my, dad, my dad has fake teeth. He goes, I swallow my teeth all the time. What you want to do is you want to check your shit, take it out and then boil it in water and then put it back in. Right. I'm like, that is the fucking most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Like... Like, I don't want shit breath. Um, Dad, you smuggle teeth into foreign countries like Brazil. And, like, bring them to them. But I did find, uh, it's weird you said this, because I did find, I was looking for something in my notes. I Like, I don't know if you got an, you got an iPhone, I think. You know your notepad, you can type something in it, and it'll bring up something that has nothing to do with what you're, I don't know, I don't know what the algorithm is doing. Like, so I'll type in doctor appointment, because I know I wrote in there when my next doctor's appointment is. And it'll pull up something that doesn't have doctor or appointment in it. You know what I mean? Like a, a, like a note. And it pulled up a roast I wrote for, uh, you remember when you used to have me on, I would just roast Brendan Shaw for like 10 oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, it pulled up a sheet of one, and I was cracking up reading it because it was like, uh, some of them are a little bit dated. Let me see. I may not even be able to find it now because I probably can't. I, I don't remember what I searched to find it to begin with. But uh, let me see if I can get it. Um Uh, that didn't make any sense. Well, there's several of these apparently I have. I'm gonna have to find and send you some of the yeah, jokes. Send, send them, send them, or have them ready for the next one. Uh, my my last crazy dad story was uh, dude, on my um, well, two of them. So like, I'm but my mom had leukemia, and um, my dad we went to visit her on her deathbed. She must have been like you know seventy pounds. You know, no, it was fucking, it was sad. And I'm sitting there and my dad went to go visit it and like they were divorced. You know, it was a really, really ugly divorce. Like, I don't know if you remember, she gave my dad the middle finger at like my wedding because, right. uh, because on the, on the thing, it wrote like Adam's stepmom number one. And then my dad's new wife, he put stepmom number two and she didn't want my dad. And she's like, what are we fucking Mormon? Like, why do you have so many, that became a, a fight, right? That was one of the fights. But so um, I was reading my stepmom, like, like texts from people, right? Like, oh, this one says hello, and this one we love you, and this one says so. On her, I wrote one for my dad saying uh, to to my my mom, uh, hey, you better get better. I told the kids you were gonna get better. Don't make me have to be a liar. <laughs> she actually laughed at that. Um, and then, then there was a time my dad like. So my dad hated my dog. Remember my dog that bit you, like Miles? I, I'm sure he bit everyone. He was the best, worst fucking dog. So 
but this, I mean, he bit everyone. He was shit everywhere. He was the, used his bait for pit bull fighting. He's had a terrible life. So my dad hated watching the dog, but he always did when I was away. So he, he, um, one day I'm like, he's like, Hey, uh, how's your dog? And I'm like, I'm like, great. And I'm like, he's like, Oh, you mind if I go over and walk him? I'm like, that's, that's odd. He never wants to I'm like, sure. Right. No problem. So then like, like a couple of days later, I'm home and my weed is gone. Like, like all this fucking weed is gone. Yeah. I'm like, dad, did you steal my weed? He goes, why? <laughs> why? I'm missing. Did you notice like, something? Like, like he, he, I'm like, that's why he has to walk the fucking dog. He didn't even ask. Like he basically used my dog as an accomplice to, to for him to steal my weed from my house. Like, who the fuck does that? I did. Uh, found that. I found some of my jokes on the one I was going to use. I don't think Let I read. Let me hear it. One of them said, uh, uh, "Let me see." Uh, so UFC and Bellator, there. I, I was talking about some kind of show that got canceled or whatever, and then I said something about the PFL announced they were canceling the entire 2020 season. I said, leaving literally tens of fans disappointed. It's <laughs> funny. But some of these were not great. Some of them were pretty good though. But uh, great this job. one, I, um, and Bill Cosby, I was saying that uh, ten women came forward and said they falsely accused him, which was great news because no man that's raped eighty women should be raped in ninety. Like it was, uh, I don't know. I had some great. Uh, uh, these are good jokes. About, uh, I said something about uh, the UFC. Greg Hardy. Oh, okay. oh no. I said uh, Joanna Young Jacek has been posting pictures of her bruised and battered face all over social media. Apparently, thinks it'll gain her more fans. Greg Hardy was asked about that strategy, and he said, "If posting pictures of women's face on Instagram would get you fans of the UFC, I've been posting up pictures of my ex girlfriends years ago." Got it. Then, that, uh, speaking of posting things we don't want to oh, see, I, mean, I, I, I would have shortened it. I would have been like, uh, "She has a she, she has a new huge fan, Greg Hardy." I just would have been like, I would have just put that quick one. But yeah, speaking of things that we don't want to see on Instagram, Paige Van Zant keeps posting pictures of her boyfriend naked on Instagram. I said, "No one wants to see that." If I want to see a man naked, I'll just start going to church with Mayhem Miller. <laughs> uh, Mayhem spends more time naked in churches in a month than I did in eight years as an altar boy at my local Catholic church. Um, so yeah, it goes on and on like 10 pages. Those are great jokes. You're a fucking great joke writer. You're a great joke writer. Great. How about last one? Speaking of team alpha male, I said that Paige wanted to train with people bigger bigger and stronger than her, so I still don't understand why she's training at team alpha male. And then I said, uh, speaking of alpha male, this week Uriah Faber and Bruce Buffer announced their partnership in a new MMA multimedia company called MMA Surge. They both think it'll be a great partnership. Faber will be able to stand next to Buffer and pretend like he's taller than four foot ten, and Bruce Buffer can pretend like he's not staring at the little hairy ass on Uriah Faber's picture himself burying his face in it. And I said, "Why? Why?" <laughs> like, I'm like Bruce Buffer is gay, but let's be honest—you kick that guy in the ass, a hundred cocks would fall out. Punk. Yeah, that was a Norm McDonald joke I stole, but uh, it's a good joke. Yeah, no, there's several more pages of them. So yeah, I'll probably try to slip them in here and there from the future episodes. <laughs> well, listen, Sean. Uh, hope you have a great week, man. I fucking I love you, man. And uh, thanks to Tall Steve. And I'll talk to you soon, brother. Hey, man, see you.